Well, today we're starting a new series, and in this series, we're going to be looking at the entire book of Philippians, because Philippians is a book, and God just kind of laid this on my heart to to start the year with. It's a book that teaches us how to get happy and stay happy no matter what happens in life. Great, great book. And I believe that most of us, as we begin a new year, we try to make some changes, hoping that maybe those changes will, will lead us into some greater happiness. But all too often, the changes that we try to make to lead us into greater happiness just don't work. They just don't get us there. Somebody wrote on Facebook, I've walked down many roads searching for happiness, but nothing is ever as good as it promises to be. I'm frustrated. I just want to be happy. And maybe some of you right here at the beginning of this new year, maybe you too are frustrated. Maybe you're looking for greater happiness in your life. Maybe you are ready to find real and lasting happiness. And so if that's where you are, we're going to go through this book of Philippians verse by verse over the next eight weeks because it has been called the happiest book in the Bible. And if you will stick with us through this series the next eight weeks, you'll find that the book of Philippians shows you the way to happiness. It's kind of like... Our our major sign here, this is the way. That's what Philippians is saying. This is the way to happiness no matter what happens. And so if you stick with us, you'll find yourself spending more time with the corners of your mouth up. Amen? Instead of turned down this year. And if you stick with us in this series, you're going to be finding yourself spending more time with a smile on your face. Anybody ready for that? Amen. That's what's going to happen in this series. So in this very short book of Philippians, words like joy... Words like rejoice, words like happy show up all the time. It is called the happiest book in the Bible, and yet it was written by the Apostle Paul when he was in an unhappy place. He was in prison, dark, dingy dungeon. So from prison, Paul is writing to the church that he started in the city of Philippi. And from prison, he's writing to thank them for praying for him and sending financial gifts to him. You see, Paul had learned that growing and keeping healthy relationships with the people in his life is what was bringing him real happiness. Even in prison, in some of the worst circumstances maybe he'd ever faced, that growing healthy relationships with the people in his life was bringing him real happiness. The truth is this, it's impossible to be happy If your relationships are unhappy. Anybody know that to be true? It's impossible if your relationships aren't happy. Now you can have all kinds of money. You can have all kinds of toys. You can have all kinds of time off. You can go on all kinds of great vacations. But if your relationships are not right. You will not be happy. So the book of Philippians starts right off right there. Paul had learned that lesson. And so right off the bat. In the first 11 verses in Philippians. He talks about how to have happy relationships, healthy relationships. Let's read about it. Take a look at this on the screen. Paul says, I thank my God every time that I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. It is right for me to feel this way about all of you, 
since I have you in my heart. And whether I'm in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. In these first 11 verses, Paul shows us the four things that he does to grow healthy relationships with the people in his life. He shows us the four things that he does to his church family in the church of Philippi. And as he does them, the result is healthy relationships. And healthy relationships bring happiness. Folks, if you'll just go home and start practicing these things we're going to talk about this morning, your relationships will be transformed. And you'll have greater happiness in your life. First of all, write this one down. When it comes to the people in your life, be grateful for them. Study after study links gratitude with happiness. It's been proven over and over that the more grateful you are, the happier you are. So if you want to have healthy relationships, you've got to start with the attitude of gratitude. You have to start telling the people that are in your life how grateful you are for them. You've got to begin to express how grateful for, for them that you are in for having them in your life and around you. Paul begins with this scripture. I thank God every time I remember you. So Paul is telling these people that he's separated from. Every time I remember you. Every time I think about you. I thank my God for you. Folks, the truth is, when you stop remembering the good times you've had together, when you stop being grateful for somebody's friendship or for their love or for their support, your relationship with them becomes strained and soon your happiness begins to just fall off and kind of wane. Paul says, I thank my God every time I remember you. So what if you start thanking God for the people in your life? Every time you think of them, what if you began to just say, God, bless John, bless, bless Sally, bless, bless so-and-so. Every time you think of them, what if you began to thank God, Lord, that they've been such a blessing to me in my life. God, I just want to thank you for them. If you'd begin to do that, it'll enhance your relationship with them, but it will also increase your happiness. Paul goes on and he says next, in all my prayers of, of, of thanks for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. So Paul is telling them that he's not only thankful for them, for their friendship, but he's also telling them that he's thankful for what they had done for him, their partnership. The question is, what is it that maybe you've forgotten that people have done for you? They've come alongside of you, but you've forgotten that. The question is, who have you forgotten to tell how much you appreciate their love and their support and their kindness to you? 
Now, this church was one of the hardest churches for, for Paul to start and pastor. It was in the city of Philippi where he was beaten, where he was put in prison. He was asked by the town leaders to leave the town. And so when, when he's writing and thanking God for this church, these people in his life, what is he doing? He's choosing to have a selective memory. He's choosing to forget all the bad stuff that happened in Philippi, but to focus on and remember all the good stuff about the people in Philippi. He was focusing on the good things. Now, listen, you can choose to remember and focus on the good stuff in your life. You can do that. Now, if you want to hold on to all the painful stuff, you can do that if you want to. But you will never be happy if you do that. Now, in this series, I'm going to give you some happiness hints. So here's the first happiness hint. Write this down. Start selecting your memories. Amen? (laughs) Start selecting them. Remember the best. And just forget all the rest. Focus on the best. Erase the rest. Folks, becoming grateful for the people that are in your life will begin to transform your relationships with them and it will bring happiness into your life. When it comes to the people in your life, first of all, just become grateful for them. Secondly, be praying for them. Be praying for the people in your life. Doesn't it encourage you when you know that somebody's praying for you? I mean, it it does me. In fact, it, it, it keeps me going. When I know that I have your prayer, somebody comes to me quite on an often basis, say, Pastor, we're, we're praying for you. And when you say that, it encourages me because I know that God's going to hear your prayer and he's going to answer your prayer. And when you pray, God sustains me. Pray for the people in your life. It'll encourage them and sustain them. Paul says, in all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy, with joy. So pray for the people in your life, being full of joy, what they've brought into your life and what they mean to your life. But here, think about this. I want you to think about somebody who really irritates you now. Don't look at them, just think about them, okay? (laughs) All right, just think about them. Think about somebody that maybe you've got a strained relationship with or somebody who just kind of rubs you the wrong way. Now, I got two questions for you. Do you pray for them? Do you pray for them? Or or do you just complain about them? Do you grumble about them? They'll always be the same. They'll never change. Do you pray for them? If you're not praying for them and you're just complaining and grumbling about them, my next question is this. Does your complaining work? (laughs) No, it doesn't work. You can complain and grumble all you want. It doesn't change anybody. But does prayer work? And all of God's people said, amen. Prayer works. So why don't you start praying for the people that irritate you? The people that are in your life that irritate you, start remembering the good things about them. There is some good. Remember the good and begin to pray with them with joy. Pray for them with joy. The truth is this. There are things that you'd like to change in people's lives. We always want everybody else to change, but we don't want to change. Amen? But we want other people to change. But you can't change anybody. Your change program doesn't work. 
but God's does. You can pray and God can help people change. So how do you pray for people? What should you pray for people? Not everybody in Paul's church in Philippi were people that he wanted to probably pray for, but he prayed for them. How did he pray? Here it is. Look at this. And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless until the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Here are three things you can pray right out of that scripture. Pray that they'll, first of all, grow in love. Pray that their love will grow. Paul says, this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more. Pray that their love will grow for others more and more. Secondly, pray that they will live with integrity. Pray that the people in your life, the people in your family, the people in this church will think right, but also live right. Pray that they will live with integrity next to the word of Almighty God. Paul says, this is my prayer, that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure, that you may live pure and blameless for the day of Christ. Third thing you could pray. Then pray that they will become like Jesus. Pray that the people in your life, in your family, in this church will become more and more like Jesus. The scripture says this, Paul says that you might be filled with the fruit of righteousness or the fruit of right living, the fruit of holiness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Listen, to be filled with the fruit of righteousness means you're simply taking on the character of Jesus, the lifestyle of Jesus. And Paul says in Galatians chapter five, the fruit of the spirit of the living Lord Jesus is love and joy, peace and patience and kindness. The fruit of the spirit of Jesus is goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. Jesus is all of those things. That is the character of Jesus. Pray that each one of the people in your life will become more like that, more like Jesus. So pray that they will grow in love, Pray that they will live with integrity and become more like Jesus. Begin to pray these things for the people in your life. And you know what? God will answer your prayer. They'll begin to grow in their love. They'll begin to live with more integrity. They'll become more like Jesus. If you are faithful to pray, God is faithful to work in their lives. And God will answer your prayer. It may not be on your timetable. It might not be in the amount that you'd like to see. But God will begin to work. Amen? So here's the next happiness hint. If you want to get happy, start praying. <laughs> start praying. Praying is the quickest way to change a hurting relationship into a happy relationship. Pray for the people in your life. Next. Not only be grateful for them, not only be praying for them, but be expecting then the best from them. The people in your life, expect the best from them. But you know what? We usually expect the worst. Amen? <laughs> Some of the people in our lives, we expect the worst. We expect them to let us down again. And why do we expect them to let us down again? Because they have a track record of letting us down. Amen? 
again and again and again. And so we just start to expect the worst from them. But the Apostle Paul always believed in the people in his life. And he expected the best from the people in his life. Look at what Paul says next. I always pray with joy, being confident of this. That he, God, who began a good work on you, will carry it on to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. So Paul is expecting the best from the people in his life. And here's three things that he did and three things that you can do to bring out the best in the people in your life. Write this down. Start believing in them. That's what Paul did. Start believing in them. He says, I am confident that the good work God began in you, he's going to complete. It's like Paul is saying, I believe that by the power of God that's working inside of you, inside of you, you're going to keep growing and growing. And I believe you're going to keep getting better and better until Jesus takes you to heaven. It's like Paul is saying, I believe you're going to keep growing. I believe God's going to complete his work in you. Paul believed in them. He instilled confidence in them that they could get better and better and do better and better. So the question is, do the people in your life know that you believe in them? Do they know that? How about the next time you go up and hug somebody that's in your life? After a good hug, you push them out and grab their whole shoulders real tight. And you look them eye to eye. And you say, I just want you to know I believe in you. You need to know that about me. I believe in you. What would that do for your relationship? I believe in you. Do the people in your life know that you are cheering them on? That you are praying for them? That you are grateful for them? That you are expecting God to do a great thing through them? Are you building them up or are you tearing them down? Now just imagine for a minute that maybe you've got a son and he's running in a track race and you're there as a parent. You're you're in the stands watching him run. And as you watch, he's giving it everything he's got. But suddenly he trips and he falls on his face and he embarrasses himself. And as a parent, there you are in the stands watching this. And as a parent, what do you do? Well, a good parent stands up and screams, get up. You can do this. You can catch up. You can win the race. Run. And folks, that's what God does with you. When you trip, when you fall, he says, I believe in you. Get up. Keep running. And that's what God wants you to do with the people in your life. When they fall, don't kick them when they're down. Stand them up and say, get up. I believe in you. I believe you can do better. Folks, we all need people to believe in us. Amen? It is so encouraging when we know that people believe in us. Next, start leading them. Leading them. Paul gave his people a vision. This vision was you can keep growing by the power of God that's on, that's working inside of you to help you. You can keep growing. Because whatever God starts, God finishes. And he started a work in you, and my God is going to keep doing that work in you. So Paul paints this picture 
of what they could become in the future, a completed work of God. And so Paul led them to look at that. And why is this important? It's because study after study shows that we tend to live up to the expectations of other people. When other people expect the best of you, you tend to do better. Whenever a teacher, whenever a coach, whenever a parent expects the best of you and lets you know that he or she believes in you, you tend to do better. You tend to rise to the challenge. So start leading them, believing in them, leading them, giving them a picture of a completed work of Christ and then start being patient with them. You know, when it comes to the people in your life, we've got to we've got to learn to be patient with people. And Paul was patient with people's progress. He knew that we all would be working on things in our lives until Jesus comes to get us. Himself included. And so and so Paul was being patient with his people. And I want to encourage you to always expect the best from people in your lives, but then be patient with their progress. It may not be on your time schedule. It may not be the the amount of progress you wanted to see. Expect the best. Call them to the best. Get behind them. Help them be the best. But then be patient with their progress. And that's the next happiness hint. Write this down. Start celebrating how far they've come. (laughs) Celebrate the progress that they have made. Have a party. Applaud them. Praise them for the progress that they have made instead of judging them for how far they still got to go. You know, when my kids were little, and now that my granddaughters uh, are in our our house a lot, and uh, they're doing this too, uh, my kids and my granddaughters, they'll bring me pictures. And sometimes you can figure out what it is, and sometimes you couldn't. And uh, But they'll bring me pictures that they've drawn for me, and they say, what do you think of this, Daddy? What do you think of this, Grandpa? And my answer is always the same. Honey, that is beautiful. That is perfect. I love the colors that you've used. It's just perfect. Now, when I say that their drawings are perfect, it doesn't mean it's a Picasso. <laughs> It just means at that stage in their life where they are in their progression, it's beautiful and it's perfect. Here's the truth. God doesn't wait until you're perfect to start loving you. He doesn't. You shouldn't wait until people in your life are perfect for you to love them, warts and all. So be patient with their progress. And what is the key to patience? It's love. It's loving them deep down in your heart. When you really love somebody, you're willing to be patient with them. Even when those same people grow up in your house and put dings in your car doors and throw ninja stars into your sheetrock walls. And they do all kinds of stuff to just irritate you. When you really love someone, you're patient with them. Paul says, it's right for me to feel this way about all of you since I have you in my heart. That's talking about love. And whether I am in chains or out defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. Look at the phrase, in my heart. Folks, that's the key to real happiness. It's the key to healthy relationships. You've got to have people in your heart. 
You've got to love people from your heart. And over the years, I've discovered if people aren't in my heart, you know where they are? They're on my nerves. (laughs) That's where they are. They're on my nerves. But if people are in my heart, they're not on my nerves. So if I want to get people off my nerves, I got to get them somehow in my heart. And how do I do that? It's when I begin to pray for them. I begin to pray for them in my heart. And when I do that, they don't bug me so much. So Paul is talking to this imperfect church in Philippi. And he's saying, I have you in my heart. Warts and all, I have you. I love you. I can be patient with you because I have you in my heart. So when it comes to the people in your life, be grateful for them. Be praying for them. Be expecting the best from them. Being patient with their progress. And then last this morning, be loving toward them. Be really loving toward them. Give the people in your life the same kind of love that Jesus gives you. And that's unconditional love. That's never-ending love. Doesn't mean that you approve of everything that they do. It just means that you keep loving them no matter what they do. Amen? No matter what they do. You keep them in your heart and in your prayers. You don't cut them off. You lift them up. You lift them up. Paul says, God can testify how I long for all of you. There he is separated from his church the people in his life. God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection, the proper affection of Christ Jesus. You see, Paul started this church. He was the first member of the church. He was the first pastor of the church. And as he sits here in prison, he is longing for the people in his life. They were in his heart and he loved them. And as I read that, I can identify with with Paul and how he felt about the people in his church. After starting this church and now serving with so many of you for over 24 years, I want you to know, like Paul, that I am grateful for you. I want you to know that I pray for you. I want you to know that I believe in you. I believe in the completed work that God is going to be doing in you. I want you to know that I love you. I want you to know that you are in my heart. And I think about you and I remember you. And I I just remember you with great joy for who you are and who you're becoming. I want you to know it's an honor for me to know you. It's an honor for me to lead you. It's an honor for me to serve you. I want you to know that I, when I'm gone and I'm on vacation, even having some fun, I want you to know that I, you know where I want to be? I want to be right back here with you. When I miss a week or two of worship on a vacation or something, I can't wait to get back here with all of you. I understand, Paul. I long for you. The people in my life. And the Bible goes on to say, and this is how we know what real love is. Christ gave his life for us. So we ought to give our lives for others. Now take a look at that reference. That's 1 John 3.16. Does that scripture remind you of another scripture? 
that we know really, really well with almost the same reference. John 3.16. That scripture says, God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Two John 3.16s, but one is 1 John. Now, John 3.16 talks about the way to salvation, the way to have our past forgiven, how to gain an eternal home in heaven. And God says the way to do that is I gave my son. That's how much I love you. And we're all here this morning because we're grateful for God's love for us. We're grateful for John 3.16. But often we want to ignore 1 John 3.16. The verse that says, so then, because God gave us such a great gift and a great love, we ought to give our lives for others. We want to ignore that. So listen really close. If we would love each other to the point that we began to give our lives for each other, that when we begin to serve each other, that would end our relational problems. Because we wouldn't be thinking about ourselves. We'd be longing and thanking and praying for the people in our lives. We'd be thinking about the people in our lives and, and those we don't even know yet, like people in other cities and other countries and like Philippines and Mexico and, and all those places that we have ministries around the world. And I want you to know I have found that when I serve and I give my life to other people, people that I have placed in my heart through prayer, I'm a happy guy. I'm a happy camper. And so the last happiness hint this morning is this. Write it down. Start serving. Start giving your life to the people in your life. Start serving the people in your life and you'll begin to find greater happiness. Folks, when we're always on the take and we always feel like people ought to be giving us more, that doesn't bring happiness. It's when we begin to give out of ourselves that real happiness comes when we start to serve. So here we are. When it comes to the people in your life, be grateful for them, be praying for them, be expecting the best from them and be loving toward them because growing healthy relationships is what brings happiness into your life. Now, the book of Philippians is saying, it's like this little sign, this is the way. This is the way to happiness. This is the way to putting a smile on your face. If, if you want greater happiness this year, be here for the next eight weeks and apply what we're going to learn from this book of Philippians. And next week we're talking about no matter what happens, how you can stay happy, no matter what comes into your life. So be here and you'll find greater happiness in your life. Now, as we close, I just want to ask these, these questions. What do you need to work most on? Are you being grateful for the people in your life? Are you praying for the people in your life? Maybe take your outline and check which one of these you need to work most on. Are you expecting the best from the people in your life? Say, oh no, not that one. <laughs> I better work on that one. Are you being loving toward the people in your life? Check the one you need most to work on and go home. Read this scripture again and say, God, help me to do what Paul did. Help me to build healthy, growing relationships with the people in my life. Let's pray. Father, we've been talking about today 
that growing healthy relationships is the thing that brings happiness. So, Lord, we would ask as we close today to follow, help us follow Paul's motto. Help us to apply these happiness hints to the people in our lives. And, Lord, during this series, use your word right here in Philippians to show us how to experience greater happiness. Lord, you know the way to happiness. Our prayer today is that you'll show us the way. We pray that in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, let's just praise our God. Amen? Let's praise Him.